strode off to him. What was she going to do? Having a duke and a ducal cousin fall into their laps was not an opportunity to be missed. Yet she couldn't invite them to the vicarage herself. Well, she might try. She wasn't above a little, er, uh, creativity for a good cause. But the fact remained that unless the men appeared in togas and laurel wreaths, no one in her family would notice them. Her odds of nabbing Dighty a duke were about as good as Archie's for catching a squirrel. Zero. It was a crime. Dighty was at her last prayers, and yet she was by far the most beautiful girl in Little Huffington. Venus had managed to find matches in the admittedly shallow pool of marriageable men for far less well-favoured women. Farmer Isley's sister closely resembled his prized sheep, for goodness sakes— and Mrs. Federley's niece had an obvious squint, and yet she'd successfully matched them with willing males. Dighty was sweet-tempered, too, as long as you didn't try to take a book away from her. That was the problem. She wouldn't pull her nose out of her Latin tomes long enough to have a conversation with a man, let alone something of a warmer nature. The men had finally given up and turned to younger, more approachable girls. Not that Dighty noticed— but if her sister could catch the Duke's attention. I'm sure Dighty would be considered a diamond even in London, Archie, Venus said as the dog, having chased the squirrel up an oak tree, trotted back to her. Archie, tongue lolling from his exertions, wagged his tail enthusiastically. And she is certainly intelligent. Any man must be pleased to have intelligent children, wouldn't you say? Archie barked twice in apparent agreement. Course, it would help if he is a bit scholarly himself, but I suppose he'll spend most of his time at his clubs, so that shouldn't make too much difference. But Dighty needed to cooperate in any matchmaking effort. Venus had learned that lesson all too well. What would seduce her sister? Not a handsome face, or deep pockets, or. Venus snapped her fingers. Of course! Books! I would think a duke, even if he isn't much of a reader himself, would have an extensive library. Wouldn't you, Archie? Owning a vast quantity of books is considered most impressive. Archie was not interested in books. He chewed one as a puppy and been exiled from the house for months. He raced off after another squirrel. Venus treated herself to a lovely daydream of Dighty walking down the aisle at St. George's, Hanover Square, the tone dressed in the latest fashions— filling the pews, and even standing in the back. Not that her imaginings could be very precise. She'd never seen St. George's, or any church besides Papa's here in Little Huffington. If Dighty did marry the Duke, she'd spend part of her time in London, wouldn't she? Surely she'd invite Venus to visit. Then Venus could see the museums and the parks, and go to the theatre, and perhaps even a ball or two. She'd not be condemned to live forever in sleepy Little Huffington, amid people she'd known her entire life. Archie had reached the gate to Hinden House's land and was waiting for her to open it. She paused her hand on the latch. Old Mr. Blant, the previous owner, had never cared if they trespassed, but the Duke might feel differently. Archie barked and then whined, bumping her hand with his nose. He smelled water. She'd like to go down to the water, too. It was so hot— and the deep, secluded pond was one of her favourite spots. Archie jumped up, as if to push the gate open himself. 
Arky, your manners. Show a little patience. Patience was not Arky's strong suit. He got down from the gate, but clearly it was a struggle. His back end wiggled, his front feet danced, and his eyes were bottomless pools of supplication. The Duke was still in London. He'd never know. Oh, very well, we'll go in. But before we come again, we must ask Greycliff's permission. Arky backed away enough so she could swing the gate open, but the moment there was space for him to squeeze through, he was gone. Venus closed the gate carefully behind her. She must not get ahead of herself with her matchmaking. She knew nothing at all about Greycliff. He'd never come to Hinden House while Mr. Brandt was alive, and Mrs. Shipley had not got any details from Mrs. Edgemore beyond the fact that the fellow was unwed. What if he was Papa's age? She frowned. She couldn't wish for Dighty to marry an old man or an ugly...